All right, welcome back to another episode of Spartans on the Bank. This episode, I want to I want to touch on a, a couple things that are, I, I guess I'll just say that they're straight out pissing me off and bothering me. Um, I want to touch on uh, essentially how NIL is changing the recruiting game, and I don't necessarily think it's for the better. Um, specifically relating to uh, like Peyton Kirkland and a couple of these other guys. Uh, UCLA uh, being asked by the Pac-12 to essentially pay to leave the UC um, system. And then the last thing is uh, the, the players unionizing being led by Sean Clifford. Uh, that'll, be, that'll be up on this episode. All right. So with, so Peyton Kirkland, a four star, four star tackle out of, um, out of Florida committed to the Longhorns on Saturday, Texas Longhorns. Um, now his final five group didn't even have the Longhorns in it. Michigan state was considered to be the front runner. Um, like they were pretty much leading the entire way. And then there was rumors of, you know, Miami making a pretty solid push. Um, but it, it was, hey, this is, you know, th- this is Michigan State's commit to lose. Um, he even he even trolled um, Texas on Twitter going, why would I go to Texas? I've never even been there. And that's the problem, right? His fi- his group of his final his final group of five didn't even include Texas. It included um, it. It was. Um, Oklahoma, Miami, Florida, Alabama, and Michigan State. By by no means are those slouches of programs, and yet he commits without having ever visited Austin. He commits to Texas, and so me, you know, a, a guy who follows recruiting pretty, I, I would say pretty closely, is sit here left wondering, going, "All right, well, what the hell happened?" And he put out a statement about how they were there for him when he was down and all this. And and then he put out that he was a silent commit to Ohio State since July of, like, I think his sophomore season. Again, Ohio State isn't even in the final group. And I, so I'm sitting here going, all right, what the, you know, this doesn't make any sense to me. And... What it leads to is if you go back to episode one, when I talk about like the, the value added to the SEC for Texas versus Oklahoma, Texas and Oklahoma versus USC and UCLA, Texas is the most profitable program in, in the country. They, they are, they, they make more revenue than everybody else. Um, and so when you, when you look at, when you look at Texas and Texas football over the past decade, decade and a half, ever since Vince Young, they've been on a solid downslope, like just nosedive, and they're happy to go, you know, six and six and beat Oklahoma in the red in the Red River Shootout. So it is, and they have a very large fan base and a very rabid fan base and alumni base. Do not get that mistaken. So it is not out of the realm of possibility that you have alumni with deep, massive pockets going, you know what, this just isn't good enough. And they see A&M down the road doing, you know, 
changing the NIL game. You see Miami doing it. And so they're like, oh, hell no. We're, we're going all in, full bore. We're going after this kid. And I can't, I'm not going to fault Texas for it. I'm not even going to fault the kid. What I am going to fault is the NCAA because there is a significant issue right now. The one thing that a school is not allowed to do is to say, if you come here, we will give you this much money. That's called inducement. Justin Thin had a great segment on it on the Spartan Dog for Life show. Um, the problem is that there's it's happening. It is happening across the board, and this kid is a perfect example of it. Texas isn't even in his final his final five. He's never visited Texas. He even he even goes out publicly and says, "Why would I? Why would I commit there? I've never even been there." And then he commits to Texas. Yes, there's no nobody will be able to prove a damn thing. And I got it. We nobody can because it's it is what it is. I mean, it's not like they're putting anything in writing, shooting an email to you know Peyton Kirkland going, "Hey." You come to Texas, we'll give you, you know, the, this million dollar NIL deal. They're, these programs are smart. They're not doing that. And so, all right, awesome. Yeah, we lost him. And then we lost Chase Basantes, um to, to A&M. And so now you're sitting here going, all right, how does Michigan State get in this game? Right. And we're in this game. Do not get, do not be mistaken. We are solidly in this game of hey, we are making a push. Our hats are on the table. We're just, it's always a bridesmaid, never a bride, right? We're, we're not getting picked by that top tier talent. And so Tucker's doing what he needs to do, but he's not closing. And this is getting vibes of Tom Izzo, right? We've seen it with, uh, take Jabari Parker and all of these top, you know, top five-star kids that Izzo has this relationship for years and, oh, yeah, Michigan State is the clear choice on he's going to go there. They've had this relationship since he was in sixth grade, blah, blah, blah. Time comes, kid commits to Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, UNC. And, again, oh, hey, Michigan State, love the school, but they, they just weren't right for me. Well, that's all fine and dandy. We can we can be loved and we can have all of this, but if you're not getting the talent, you're not going to win the championships. And that's what it boils down to. I'm not saying Tucker's on his level. What I am saying is that we're getting these vibes, right? We're getting this feeling of not being able to essentially close, for lack of a better word. And Spartan Avenue has a pretty solid article of, well, no need to worry about the recent recruiting mess. I don't necessarily agree with that because their entire argument is, well, we can utilize the portal. That's fine and dandy. But that requires kids to go into the portal. And these top this these top tier talents, number one, when they go into the portal, one of two things has happened. Either they weren't good enough to crack the starting lineup at their school, or they had a they um they were so good they decided they needed to move on from their current program. Now, when they're not good enough to crack the starting lineup at their current school, um, let's say Texas, AM, Miami, Florida, Georgia, whatever. That generally means that they're not going to be the ones that are going to be able to win you championships and beat Ohio State. If they're so good that they decided they needed to move on from their current program, 
you're now competing with for proven talent at the college level with Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. These programs that you're already losing high school kids to, you're now losing proven and proven college talent to. Michigan State is not is not the I'll call it the sexy destination for those kids because when they move on, they're look they're moving on for one reason. I want to get to the NFL. The best way to do that is to go to Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, these teams that are competing for national championships and are putting kids in the they're putting pretty much their entire roster into the NFL every four years. Like it just is what it is. So I don't necessarily agree that it's not time to worry. I will say that it's not the sky is falling because the transfer portal does exist, but you're getting guys like Brian Green and Jared Horst. And Jared Horst was solid for us last year, but you're getting Jared Horst from, I think it was Arkansas State or South Alabama, something like that, right? You're not getting the kid that was, um, I forget the kid's name, but the kid that was leaving Georgia to, you know, he was a, he was a, all-year starter on the national championship winning team you're not getting that kid he ended up going back to georgia but still that like that kid's looking at going to alabama or ohio state that kid's looking to hey how do i go to another national championship competing team the only way for michigan state to get to that level is one land these high school recruits develop the talent now coach cap is probably the best is in my argument one of the best off- top 5 offensive line coaches in the country the guy works magic. So, absolutely, can it happen? Absolutely. But you can you only have so much. You can only you can't teach speed and you can't teach size. So, these guys aren't the these these recruits we're pulling in, they're not small by any stretch of the imagination, but they don't have the god-given talent. So, it's not we're not going to see what they can do for 2 to 3 years. Until, you know, Coach Novak can get them into the weight room and really develop that talent. So is it time to, is it, is it time to like, oh, chicken little sky is falling? Absolutely not. Is it time to worry? I would disagree with uh, Connor. I would say probably a little bit because you do need to land those high school recruits. You do need to land the Keontae Goodwins and the Peyton Kirklands and Pancake to really, really solidify your position as a top is a top destination for talent. We'll be back. <clears throat> all right. So we all know UCLA and USC are coming to the Big Ten. And probably the best two programs left on the board after Oklahoma and Texas. Um, I'm all for it personally. I think this is a fantastic, fantastic move. I think one, the Big Ten sees it's either expand or die, um, and so I I'm absolutely fully on board with it. Um, apparently, one of the people not on board with it is Governor Governor uh, Gavin Newsom out of California. He um, he is apparently also the president of the UC Board of Regents, and he found out about the UCLA's move um, via reading an article. Now, I personally don't really care. Um, but when you, when you are within a educational system, like the UC system, um, that has, uh, Berkeley, uh, LA, Cal, all, all of them, then yeah, like you probably should inform them. 
Now, UCLA is saying they told the president they didn't tell the board. They told um, UC President uh, Michael Drake about its conversation with the Big Ten, but apparently they didn't consult with the Board of Regents. Now, I'm not entirely sure. I'll be the first to admit on what the how the outline or the the structure of the UC system is. Um, But Gavin Newsom uh, said in an interview, um, he that that it needs to be done without it was done without rigid uh, uh, regent oversight or support. And it was done without any consideration to my knowledge. And then he says, the first duty of every public university is to the people, especially the students. UCLA must clearly explain to the public how this deal will improve the experience for all of its student athletes and will honor its century old partnership with UC, Bar- UC Berkeley and will preserve the histories, rivalries and traditions that enrich our communities. Now, um, with that being said, I don't, I, I'm torn, right? Because UCLA, they, they've got this, they've got this rivalry with Berkeley, but from UCLA's perspective, if they don't make this move, UCLA athletic programs are dying. They're, they're just dying. They've incurred 102, $102.8 million in debt over the last three fiscal years. Obviously, whatever they're getting from the Pac-12 is not working. And whatever they're getting from the state of California isn't working. They're a public institution. Got that. The problem is, is they, money makes the world go round, especially in college athletics. And you have a program that is on the verge of dying. And they're because they're just, they keep passing, uh, piling up massive and massive debt. Keep in mind, this is a program that went to either the final four or the national championship within the last two years in football. I mean, uh, basketball. So it's not like it's a crap program. It's they're, they're bleeding money. And so they were going to have to start looking at cutting programs. So by joining to, by going to the big 10 within, I think it's three years, they get the full share of a hundred million dollars. So like, and that's per year. They, they will, they will be in a financially much better place. I don't know of any, any program, any institution, anybody that would say, oh no, you know what? Let me give up a hundred plus million dollars a year to stay with my local rivalry of Berkeley, right? I, I don't know of any program that would do that. And hell, Ohio State's the only one, Ohio State is the only program I've ever even heard that is like, oh, let us leave the Big Ten. And that was during the COVID year when they absolutely wanted to play football. And the Big Ten was, oh, are we, aren't we? You know, it, it was like a it was like a generic rom-com. And I I still think that would have been a huge mistake on Ohio State's part. Like, yes, they are a top-tier brand. They're a top tier brand because they play in the Big Ten. Like, because if they left the Big Ten, there's sure shit no way they're playing Michigan. That isn't happening. There's no way they're going to play Penn State. And let's be honest, does Ohio State really want to play in S- in all SEC schedule? Probably not. Not saying they would, they'd get blown out or lose, but when you got to play Alabama, Georgia, Clemson in the regular season, that's a much different slate than Minnesota, Illinois, and Indiana. I'm just going to say it. So when you look at it, it makes sense for UCLA to want to join the want to join the Big Ten because they need to. They, they just need to. This isn't even a want. This is a, hey, USC, please bring us with us. Please bring us with you. Otherwise, we're going to die. And that's what it, that's what happened. I mean, it, it is what it is. 
So, you know, they, they've been in the, they've been in the PAC 12 for almost a hundred years. They joined in the, in 1928. So it, this isn't like, and UC USC was there for a hundred years, 1922. So this isn't, Oh, Hey, this is, I guarantee this was not a decision that was made lightly. This wasn't a, Oh, Hey, yeah, let's go here. This was weighed, measured, and they, their, their checkbook was found wanting. They can't spend the money necessary to do, to stay competitive in today's college athletic landscape. And so that's why they joined the big 10. I think this might be uh, politics aside. I think governor Newsom has a valid point of as the head of regents probably should have been informed sooner than reading an article. However, I, without knowing how their structure is set up, I don't entirely know if they would have had any control to stop them. But with that being said, I think, I think it was a smart, a smart and necessary decision on UCLA's part. All right. Last thing I want to touch on for this episode is the, the player unionization or collective agreement, whatever you want to call it, that's coming out of Penn State. Um, it was announced. It was announced about three days ago that Penn State is leading the charge with the College Football Players Association um, in to negotiate with the Big Ten, um, and it's going to be focused on you know pl- uh, revenue sharing and, and and things of that nature. I don't have a problem um, with, and I don't have a problem with the players arguing, negotiating for what they believe to be what they need. Um, one thing I do think the Big Ten and NCAA football as a whole needs to needs to do a better job at is the the, the medical care, if you will. Um, I, I'll come. I'll come. I'll loop back to the uh, the. Revenue sharing, but the the medical care as a whole needs to needs to we need to be better. Essentially, let's take a guy like Cole Chewins. Cole Chewins was recruited as a tight end, and he put on like 60, 65 pounds to play tackle. His body got beat down. He was injured pretty much his entire career because he was carrying more weight than his body was able to, and yeah, we can sit here and say they're 18, 22-year-old kids. But number one, football's a violent sport. They take a lot of hits, especially those O-linemen. And who knows what kind of like long-term damage that's going to do to knees, ankles, back, that kind of thing. I, I do agree that the medical care portion of it needs to needs to be examined. Um, and, and we're talking just long-term care. We're not even talking the acute care of, oh, hey, you tore your ACL, you're off the team. Sorry, like you may never, you may never walk, like be what you were. That, that's a that's a risk of playing football. It's something that needs to be addressed. The problem, the the problem is is the long-term care because most of these guys, you know, they're they're not going on to play professional football. They're just not. I mean, it, you've got, what, 256 players drafted every year? And there's how many how many hundreds that are eligible? And then you got to account for not all 256 of those are going to make a roster. It's like something like 0.07% of um, 
high school or 0.0007% of high school players make the NFL. So these kids that have played football for 8, 10, 15 years, yeah, their bodies are beat. We need to do better medically. That that I don't have a problem with. The, the problem is going to come with the revenue sharing because they, the thing that they want is they want to be classified as employees of the university. Awesome. All right, cool. You want to be classified as employees of the university. That means the, the tutors that you get, nope. The, the health, the um, nutrition, no. The weight room, nope. All of those are things they're going to, if you think the university is just going to eat that stuff out of pocket, 0% chance of that happening. You're going to end up, you're going to pay for your flights. You're going to pay for your buses. You're going to pay for your hotel rooms. You're going to pay for your food. You're going to pay for the weight room. You're going to pay for the tutoring. You're going to pay for your education. And on top of all, on top of all that, all that is going to be taxed. So for somebody like CJ Stroud, who cool, here's your $2 million contract with Ohio state to play, to be quarterback. Awesome. You know, who's not going to get that the backup kicker that's going to have to come in and win you the Rose bowl because your, your, your starting kicker went down like, or the backup quarterback who has to come in because CJ Stroud went down. That's those guys aren't getting that. And I, they, I'm not saying I can predict the future or hell I can even see, you know, two hours in front of me. What I can tell you is I'm, this is going to have some second and third order effects that are going to ripple across. And I think that in five, six years, we're going to be looking back and going, you know, this, this was one of the leading, this was one of the contributing factors to the death of college football, the death of college sports. As we know it, we love Michigan state. We love college football because of what it brings, what it brings us, right? Most of us, um, most of us spent four or five, six, however, however many years you were there um, on that campus rooting for the team, even if they were bad, you, you know, we're, we're emotionally attached to these universities because we spent all of our time there. We spent a good majority of our early, our early adulthood there. That is where we got a majority of our experiences and it's helped shapes our life. We don't get that attachment to, to pro teams and this is we are slowly moving our way towards the 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 NFL light, if you will. Um, I think this the the NIL thing if that if the NCAA doesn't get a rain on that, that we are witnessing the vast drastic change in the NCAA landscape across the board, and I can't. I, I can't in good conscience say that this is like, this is going to be the nail in the coffin or that even this is truly going to be detrimental because it probably is going to end up taking, taking the players or giving the players a bigger voice. The let's, I'll just come out and say it. They're 18 to 22 year olds. How much, how much do we really want to, how much voice should they have in a multi-billion dollar industry? Yes. They are the driving factor. But that's, and I want to make an analogy and it's going to come across as, as offensive, but I don't mean it that way. It's, that's like given the local, like the local fry cook at McDonald's control of the control of the company or have letting him have a voice in how that company goes. 
And that's not to equate the NCAA players because they're more athletically talented than most of us, right? They're more athletically talented than most people in the country. They're even like 7% of people in the country have played a college sport. That's it's not a small number, but it is not a large number either. That is hell of impressive. And so when you, when you look at it and you go, all right, does this make sense? I don't know, but it does make sense to at least, Let them have a voice, voice their concerns. Who knows how Penn State players feel having to fly to to California once a year on a Thursday and then turn around and fly back on a Sunday. Like living in Arizona, having family back in Michigan, flying back. That that eastward trip, that sucks. It's a a three to five hour flight. Plus you lose three hours. So, I mean, it's an eight hour day. So you got to be on the plane on Sunday. And you get back and your body clock's all screwed up and you've got to be at a 4 a.m. lift on Monday. I, I get it. It sucks. So I'm not saying that they shouldn't have a voice. I'm not even saying that this is going to be the, the nail in the coffin or, or super detrimental. But I do think that we are seeing a vast change in the college landscape. What I, what I do truly believe is going to happen is we are going to see the 100, 130. There's a, currently 131 NCAA um, football teams. I think we're going to see that number dwindle drastically because we are in an arms race that any non power five team is unable to compete with just in and, 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 uh, Notre Dame's excluded from that statement, but the power five, the non power five teams, they cannot compete with the Michigan's Michigan state, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio States, Texas, A&M, um, Florida, UCLA, USC, they can't compete in this in this new fiscal arms race of college football. They just can't. And so what what's going to happen is, in my opinion, in five to ten years, you're going to see the group of five probably if they don't break off the the top, you know, Big Ten, Big Ten, SEC, and whatever other programs there are there, um, if it be at the Big Twelve, ACC, whatever remnants are left create their own I don't even know create their own conference but be one step above and making agreements that they're not going to play the central Michigans the eastern Michigans the Ohio's the you know Alabama southern schools they're going to play each other and there's still there's still scrubs in the Big Ten and the SEC looking at you Vanderbilt and Rutgers so it's not like you're scheduling, oh, hey, we have to play Ohio State every year. You know, there's still there's still programs that aren't on par. So I think you are we are going to see a drastic shift, and I think that's going to equate to a lot of these smaller schools that are going to fall down a tier, be it their choice or the big boy's choice of this just isn't working because, yes, it is a multi-billion dollar industry. The problem that the um, that college football is running into is people are staying home. I have a I have a ninety inch TV on my wall that has high def high def uh, high def um, picture, and I can see I get to see all of the data um, replays. I get to eat from the comfort of my home. Yes, there is nothing like being in Spartan Stadium, but in the middle of November. Spartan Stadium or my house 
it is a hard it is a hard, hard decision at that point and so when you are looking across the board that is a problem across, with college football and i can tell you nobody wants to see alabama whip on charleston southern week 11 before they play auburn they're sick of it at least the big 10 gets that crap out of the way in the first 3 week first 4 weeks so is it going to happen absolutely i just don't know which way it's going to happen Hey, everybody, that'll do it for me, uh, this episode of Spartans on the Bank. Appreciate y'all listening. Um, Like, subscribe, share with anybody you want. Uh, Much appreciated. Hey, go green, go white, go Spartans.